Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, July 23rd, 2021. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, we are having a fun show today because we're going to do a little bit of news here at the top. And then you and I are going to talk about the streaming production of First Date, which as we are uh, recording is actually doing their virtual red carpet as we speak. Oh, uh, fancy. It will be avail- yeah, it'll be available to stream via Stellar. Um, starting by the time you can hear this. So uh, yeah. we will talk about that. It stars former Broadway and American Idol uh, alums and IRL married couple Ace Young and Diana DeGarmo. Yeah. Um, so we will get all into that later in the episode. But we do have some news. Um, we also want to make sure that y'all are following our Patreon at patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. Jan Simpson's latest episode of All the Drama will be dropping over the weekend. And it is about... Um, one of those classic golden age musicals, South Pacific. Ooh. And in that same podcast feed over on Patreon, we're going to be talking about a TV show that pays homage to golden age yeah, American musicals nice, like South nice Pacific. Segue. You like I just off the top of my dome That's there. Good. Um, yeah, we're talking about Schmigadoon. The first three episodes, we can only talk about episodes yeah. that are already out, but according to Apple's embargo policy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so since by the time this comes out, you will have already been able to watch the first three episodes on Apple TV Plus. We will be talking about the first three episodes of Apple TV Plus's Schmigadoon. So you will be able to listen to both of those on Patreon over the weekend. So Ashley, let's get into the news. The biggest, at least in terms of money, that was announced on Thursday. It was actually announced as part of the state's 2022 budget back in April. But on Thursday, Governor Andrew Cuomo officially confirmed the launch of a $100 million New York City musical and theatrical production tax credit. This is a two-year program designed to support the entertainment tourism industries in New York City following, obviously, a nearly year-and-a-half shutdown. The program will offset some of the costs associated with producing a show, including costs for sets, costumes, wardrobes, makeup, technical support, salaries, sound, lighting, and staging. Eligible companies can receive tax credits of 25% of qualified production expenditures. First-year program applicants can receive up to $3 million per production, Hmm. with second-year applicants being eligible for up to $1.5 million. Additionally, all participants are required to take part in a New York State Diversity and Arts Job Training Program and expand opportunities for low-income New Yorkers to access productions at low or or no costs. Highly profitable participating productions will also be asked to increase access to art and cultural programs by contributing to a cultural access fund. Now, this is a nice part of this uh, whole deal here, Ashley, Mm -hmm. where they're doing the jobs, training and diversity and low income access to arts, which is great considering, you know, down here in Florida, the state of Florida is just giving Disney a bazillion dollars in tax credits and asking (laughs) for nothing in return. I actually thought about that as you were going through all of that, that this is a nice thing to see because then you compare it to places like Florida where just like here, take take all the money even though you clearly have all the money yeah you you don't need it but yeah. um yeah this is great we've talked about in the past um, not only this but uh, all of the different tax credits that upstate new york offers productions to launch their tours there um look this is yeah. a way to help 
productions that might not otherwise be able to come back. I know that yeah. it's it's a little weird as to where we want the city to spend money at a time always. like this, but I think, yeah. yeah, always, but having the opportunity to put money into productions that will employ hundreds of people is a good place to start. And it's, it's obviously yeah. not the worst thing that they could do. No, I mean, this is good news to see. And obviously, you know, there's qualms you can kind of break down with this, but I, it's good to see as far as like a stimulating one, stimulating the economy, but two, stimulating the industry kind of thing after, uh, however many months we're up to now since, uh, you know, pandemic closure. I, and, and you also mentioned as far as like touring throughout the state. I mean, we've talked in the past about how much money the arts bring into mm -hmm. New York every year and how much Broadway brings into the arts every year. Um, so it's good to see, you know, what feels like musical theater, theater in general being taken seriously for a second, at least. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about some of that theater stuff and some actual news about castings and shows that are coming up first was news that I think a lot of people had anticipated happening, but we're starting to get a little bit nervous that it hadn't happened. <laughs> yeah. And that is the queen herself, Adrian Warren, did announce that she will be returning to the title role of Tina Colon, the Tina Turner musical this coming fall when the show reopens on October 8th at the Lunt Fontan Theater. Now, what's interesting is that this is being described as only a limited engagement. They did not say how long that limited engagement will be or what will happen right. after that limited engagement. But keep in mind that Adrian Warren has been playing this role for oh God, damn near forever. going on four or five years. <laughs> yeah. She started doing it in the West and did it for nearly a year there, came over and opened the show on Broadway in October of 2019, before it obviously closed in March of 2020. Since then, she has started to sow her wild oats on the screen as she will be leading an ABC TV series um, coming up, I, I believe, in the fall. I guess it hasn't been announced yet officially. Um, but um, so she's starting to, as a lot of the great young Broadway stars have, get a lot of opportunities on screen, so perhaps she wanted to come back after presumably winning the Tony in September, yeah. finish out her run in, in Tina um, to kind of have a, a little bit of closure on that chapter in her life. Mm -hmm. I think I saw on Twitter, she said something along the lines of, you know, in mentioning that she's been doing this role for like nearly five years, this is the fourth time she's yeah. had to get into shape for this role yeah. <laughs> because of all the shutdowns. Yeah, and she actually um, has been posting a lot uh, on social media about her training. Yeah, yeah. And I think Grace said this in our group chat. Um, she said that for her TV role that she had to gain 20 pounds because she's playing yeah. a little bit of an older woman. Um, not someone who looks like they could, you know, beat the crap out of an MMA fighter, which she currently does when mm. she's in Tina. Um, so she has to work off that weight because she just got done filming and then get into like Tina shape, which is Ugh, ain't no joke if you haven't seen the show. Back, the absolute yeah. bounce back of all of that. Yeah, absolutely. So very glad uh, to hear about that and might have to take a trip back. Uh, to uh, to Tina to see. I finally get to see her. I, oh know, yeah, you still I, haven't I seen hope. it. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. I've been so excited about it. I've been so excited for her to get this Tony, and I'm just like, oh, let's go. <laughs> All right. Well. um <laughs> We also got some news that is going to be happening on the other side of the pond, assuming things get back to normal over there by mm. January of 2022. And that is the fact that a decade after bringing the show to Broadway, Laura Osnes and Jeremy Jordan will be reuniting for a one-night-only concert presentation of Frank Wildhorn, Don Black, and Ivan Menchel's musical 
Bonnie and Clyde. They'll be returning uh, to the stage together at London's Theatre Royal Drury Lane on January 18th. This will mark uh, Laura's London debut. Um, they will be doing uh, the show for one night only over there, and there will be a lot of stands uh, interested in this because this is a sure. show for one reason or another that has a lot of devoted yeah, lovers. Yeah, it's really bizarre to me. I, I, <laughs> I personally don't understand it at all. All, but I mean, one, I'm, I don't feel like I'm the target audience just based on the score of that show and also the cast yeah. of that show. I'm not a big Laura Austin's fan and not a huge Jeremy Jordan fan. So How it just scare you. I'll survive. So <laughs> it's just the fact that it's like it has this massive fandom. And you're absolutely right about that is it's a weird one for me to say. I'm, yeah. I'm very, I'm very happy for all those people that found something that they love as much exactly. as this show. Wait until Jeremy plays Bobby or something and you're going to fall in love with him. I, I know you are. No, but more, no more male Bobbies. How about that? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, but um, I've seen a local production and it was it was just not a very well-written show. But the song, there yeah. are some good songs. And I like Jeremy and Laura has her moments for me. Um, but yeah, anyway. But speaking of a show with a cast, I mean, that <laughs> is literally <laughs> to is die better. for. Yeah. Um, it was announced yesterday that there will be an interesting reimagined productions of Songs for a New World taking place in Radial Park in Queens over the summer. Um, it, it'll happen... Uh, in a kind of a unique way. It'll be a one-night-only event, Thursday, August 26th. But as you probably know, Songs for a New World by Jason Robert Brown is a show yes. that has four people in it. There's a lot more than four people in this production. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to have an ensemble of absolute Broadway heavy hitters uh, doing various songs. Jen Colella is a part of it. Christy Altamar, Derek Klenna, Shireen Pimentel, Bonnie Milligan, Kyle Taylor Parker are all part of the cast as of now. The complete casting will be announced at a later date. Jamie Beth Margolis is, is directing this. Um, this is part of the company that's formerly known as the Cleveland Musical theater it is now being called new city musical theater mm-hmm. um look i've Dude. seen like two or three <laughs> different uh, virtual productions of songs for new world having an outdoor production um seems great and this cast is absolutely dynamite I would travel half the world for several of those people. When I got the mm-hmm. press release in my inbox yeah. that was like Jen Colella and Songs for a New World, I was already mapping out the trip because I, <laughs> I know that it was the Wherever most. Wherever it was. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but as I saw it, it was at Radial Park. I'm like, oh God, because it's the most, it, it's a, it's a trek for, from yes. me to there. Absolutely. Uh, I don't care. I'll, I will 100% be there. I love Songs for a New World and this cast is just ridiculous. Yeah, and what's interesting, she's singing um, the song She Cries, which is normally performed by one of the two men in the show. Um, Christy and and Derek are going to be singing um, I'd Give It All For You, which is like an iconic Mm -hmm. song. Um, Shireen Pimentel from West Side Story. Keep your ears listening uh, to Broadway Radio for more on West Side Story here in the next week or so. Um, Yeah, and uh, she's be singing Christmas Lullaby. Bonnie Milligan is singing Surabaya Santa. Like, hello. Yes, hello. Uh, KTP is singing King of the World. Yes. Uh, Just absolutely incredible stuff. So very much looking forward to hearing reports on that on uh, Thursday, August 26th. 
All right, uh, Ashley, let's take a second before we get into our reactions to the streaming production of First Date to talk about our sponsor for the week, Upstart. Over this past year, we all know that there have been an unbelievable amount of hardships that so many people have faced. Obviously, the health, the the mental health, um, the, the isolation. But one of those things that is very much a part of this past year plus for everybody in the country has been what the pandemic has done to people's financial life. Mm-hmm. But. What Upstart can do to help is they can provide you opportunities to regain your financial footing and get things back on track. Definitely. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment. They use more than your credit score. We keep talking about how much we hate it because it's awful. And instead, they look at things like, oh, guess what? Your income, current employment. They'll find a smarter rate for your loan within five minutes, you do an online rate check, you see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 and $50,000, and you get those funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Yeah, find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Broadway. That's upstart, U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash Broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash Broadway. All right, Ashley, let's talk about um, First Date, the virtual Broadway musical that is now streaming on Stellar for five performances only. Um, It is available for the first time um, on Friday, July 23rd at 8 p.m. It's available twice on Saturday and then twice on Sunday. It stars, as I mentioned at the top of the show, real-life married couple Ace Young and Diana DeGarmo. It also features Kevin Massey, Jennifer Sanchez, Nick Searley, Vishal Viata. Uh, and Ariel Williams. Um, and if people don't remember, this was a musical that originally premiered on uh, Broadway nearly a decade ago. It starred Zachary Levi in his Broadway debut mm-hmm. and the great Krista Rodriguez, I think. Oh, wow, that was his Broadway debut? I didn't realize it that. What? It hmm. was, and I think that might have been the very first Broadway.com vlog I ever watched was with Krista oh, wow. because my love for Krista Rodriguez is long no and enduring. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the only other one I've ever li- watched before was um, Lindsay Mendez's front when she was uh, in Wicked. Mm. Um, I also love me some uh, Lindsay Mendez. Of so. course. Anyway, um, the show is about a, uh, you know, the titular first date is a blind date between a nerdy uh, guy named Aaron and a little bit more of a free-spirited woman named Casey. All of the other actors in the show play various characters, both real and imagined, uh, that populate throughout the uh, course of the night to talk to our characters and uh, give them advice, either sage or awful. So... Actually, I, this is a show that I've talked about before <laughs> yeah. that I I really love the score. Uh, I, well, some of the score. Okay. I love the original cast album. I've seen a production of it, um, it that I really, really enjoyed. I also watched the London virtual production earlier during the pandemic that starred Samantha Barks and Sa- Simon Lipkin. And um, you, on the other hand, came into this with almost zero, zero. first yeah. date knowledge or experience. <laughs> Very so, little. I may have heard 
maybe two or three songs before. Um, yeah. right. and, and could right. only really guess the book because it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> yes, it's very self-explanatory. Um, so, okay. So give me your thoughts oh, on boy. first date. Ah, uh, foo. Ooh. Um, I'm trying very hard and you and I kind of discussed this before we started recording. Uh, I'm trying very hard to separate this production from what I can you know see the show on paper as or on stage with the different casting you know full direction etc cetera, etc cetera. it kind of has the <laughs> uh you know i always kind of appreciate the low budget film look that most virtual musical yeah, yeah, productions yeah. have but it also makes it really unfair to the actors honestly because they have to be one cast perfectly and two just really excellent all across the board like everyone has to be great and I didn't feel that here, to say the very least. I, you know, like I said, I have no context for the show. I've never, never read it. I've never seen it on stage. It very clearly wants to be a satire, and I don't think it's written well enough to work. See, I don't know that it wants to be a satire. I don't uh. know that it wants to be a, <laughs> a full satire. I was, I was, because the the you know the supporting characters are pretty much caricatures. I, I know yes. they're supposed to be the worst. <laughs> you know, at least they felt like they're supposed to be the worst people imaginable because they sure as hell were to me. I just, you know, I think it. I think it wanted to half-ass it, and it that doesn't work with satire. Well, and, and the the background of some of the writers that um, wrote this show is they are sitcom writers, so right. that is that is more I don't know, like, what it's like. Gossip Girl, do, doesn't he? Yeah, and well, Austin Win uh, Winsberg, who wrote the book, is the guy who was the creator and executive producer of Zoe's Extraordinary Zoe, Playlist. Right. So it's a it's definitely rooted in like some broad TV, multicam, low level, like lowest common denominator sure. comedy. Um, the thing is, and I said this before we started recording. It, this is a show that for it to work, like a lot of sitcoms, has to be perfectly cast. It has to have people that can play this broad style, but also make you care about them. That's why there's so many different versions oh, of God. like the schlubby dude um, marrying the super hot wife. And some of them work <laughs> and last forever. Very, very few of them do. Yeah, uh, but, you, but when very it, few of them stand up now. They right, don't hold up it, well. Exactly. This to me is a lot like Legally Blonde, the musical, where another show that I have professed love. my love for. Yeah. But even really quality performers, when I've seen them do the show, it doesn't work. One, yeah. and like First Date, for both Legally Blonde and First Date, the vocal ranges for these characters is very specific. You yep. cannot shove anybody in and then make it work. And it takes a very specific style um, of actor. And and yeah. I don't think we got that in this production. And a, and a vocalist, you know, you yes. know whatever yeah, style they have. Not, not even exactly. like their range, but the way totally. that they actually perform a song. And that yeah. is very evident here. Yeah. I mean, Diana DeGarmo has played Brooklyn. So if yeah. she has played Brooklyn, her we, her range is in not in question. Sure. But it just doesn't, it just didn't work. She's supposed to be this edgy, let me think, it's Krista Rod. Rodriguez, kind of a right. cool, edgy, boho downtown chick, and 
Diana DeGarmo is very much, you know, Penny Pingleton from, yeah, from, from Hairspray. And it just didn't work. And I was, I was a little disappointed with, with that, but I was more so disappointed with Ace. A hundred percent. He, I remember Ace and Diana different seasons on American Idol. I remember (laughs) when he proposed to her on an American American Idol final. Yeah, I was I was big in the American Idol uh, in the earlier years. I was and in the earlier years, but I didn't see the proposal. I remember both of them, but I don't yeah. necessarily remember his voice so much as I did on American Idol. It's it was, changed a little bit, but I remember it having power to it. And there's yeah, there was he not was, much here. He was really soft on, and there's like no power in his voice here at all. And I don't mind him as an actor. I actually think he played the role well. I don't think he's well cast for it, but you know he did. No, he's he, like a Super handsome, like yeah, he's like Jake Gyllenhaal in Little Shop. It was insane. (laughs) It was absolutely ridiculous to me. But I mean, as far as his voice goes, it was just, and you know, I really noticed that right away. You know, yes, very first song, fittingly on first impressions because they're singing together Mm -hmm. and she's like belting it out and he's like very much in the background. Yeah, and yeah, it's just a very a much more softer, not exactly the most. musical theater type voice. I, honestly, yeah. I just feel like his voice has just isn't as strong as it probably used to be when he was on Idol Maybe. and even when he was doing Maybe. Grease or something like that. Um, but you mentioned the song First Impressions and I said at the top, I really like the score and then I backtracked a little bit. I like a good <laughs> handful of songs in the score that I think are actually like super good, strong songs. Like the the one that opens the show, First Impressions that you mentioned, the song Safer that Casey sings, um, The Things mm, I Never yeah, Said, which good. is the song that, that, too. that Casey and his mom sing. And then the, the, the song that closes the show, Something That Will Last. I think those are all like really good songs. The rest are amateur at best and yeah. have not aged particularly well. Oh this is God. where you get the the very much sitcom and even almost like like college um sketch comedy kind of thing is what those what the rest of those songs definitely but, but those handful of songs are the ones that I will put the album on my phone and then scroll through to the one first impression safer the things I never said <laughs> and something that will last and for the most part I thought that they were done really well in this show yeah I think uh, but the rest I, is the rest are the rest are something I think they're just fine songs I I, I don't want to go as far you know, uh, for the ones that you mentioned you liked, I, I think the rest are a mess. <laughs> I will 100% agree with you there. But I yeah. even think like the, the quote unquote good shows or good songs in the show are still just like amateur pop music. I, they're, they are very musical theatery, so they do work, but the, the show as a whole, as far as it's, it's musical numbers and its score, it's just, it's so all over the place that, I don't know if that's the intent because you're right. It feels like a college showcase in some ways. Yeah. And what's interesting is, is that the songs bounce around so much in terms of style um, that they don't fit the characters. They don't fit the characters. And also there's no, there's nothing to link them. I think you can have a great difference of style in a show. I mean, you know, the first one that comes to mind is like Hamilton. Obviously I'm not comparing this to Hamilton, but think about it. You heard it here first. There's your pull quote. (laughs) Ashley Steves of Broadway Radio says first date virtual musical is the next Hamilton. Exactly. That's exactly what I said. But I mean, if you think about different song styles in a show, like there's obviously a way to do it well 
it there's just no connecting link here. It's like we're going on to the next kind of theme of this. It's just ugh. <laughs> so let's talk about um, everybody else who's in this show, uh, Ashley. Um, as I mentioned, Nick Searley, most uh, well known as one half of the Skivvies, is yeah. um, one of the actors uh, in it that plays multiple parts. Kevin Massey, who I saw on the tour of Gentleman's Guide for Love and Murder, who mm-hmm, is, who was mm-hmm. fantastic in that. He's one of the other ensemble actors. Jennifer Sanchez is um, uh, mainly plays um, Diana DeGarmo's character's sister. Um, Aurelia Williams uh, mainly plays um, Ace Young's ex-fiance yeah. character. And then Vishal Vyadia um, mainly plays the um, the waiter that yeah. is serving What him. a beautiful voice he has. He, I was going to say, like, the I thought I love Nick Searley. I thought he was a little yeah. over the place, but like the the ensemble cast is phenomenal. Vishal Aurelia, like like absolute blow you away kind of voices. Mm-hmm, definitely, and then, you know it, it's again I'm, it's me trying to separate how I feel about the show from this specific production because I do think like all the supporting roles, everyone that's in those supporting roles are great. Listening to them saying fantastic. The characters they had to play, however, yeah. <laughs> it's it's college it's a, showcase. It's a college showcase. They're all, and like I said, they're all caricatures, but they're also just like they're not good people. I didn't like a single person in the show. <laughs> the waiter, the waiters. The, I like the, the waiter. waiter. The waiter's good. The waiter is yeah. fine, and, but yeah. the, the waiter is not flushed out because he's a waiter. So. Right. Well, he's a little, I mean, he gets his own song about like his hopes and dreams. So I mean, he gets yeah, an I want song. Lovely, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful voice. Yeah, oh. yeah. And if you don't know him, he, he's a fairly recognizable face in New York theater. He, he's done a number of, of encores shows. He did, he did Love Life. He did Road Show. He did 1776. Yeah, yeah. He was also on Broadway in Groundhog Day. Um, he also did, uh, he played, uh, Barfy in, uh, uh, Ford's theater production of 25th and what kind of swing, but I think he would be an amazing Barfy. Um, but one thing I kept thinking as I was watching, um, especially the Gabe character who is the imagined best friend of Aaron, uh, okay. Ace Young's, that's Kevin Massey. I kept thinking, man, you know who I'd really want to see do this show if we had to do it virtually? Mm. I'd love to see Kevin Massey, who kind of looks a little more nerdy than Ace Young, play Aaron. <laughs> yeah, and I would and like flop to see it around. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see him and his real life wife, Kara Lindsay, uh, playing oh. Casey. She, I don't know that she necessarily fits the, the, the edgy chick, but but Based neither did of Diana her- DeCarmo. <laughs> exactly. But given we've seen her be absolutely bonkers, um, funny and out there in Wicked. Um, yeah. so I would have really liked to seen Kevin and Kara do this as That'd if they had fun. to stick with a real life married couple because obviously they're sitting at a table, they're touching the spoiler alert sure. kiss at the end. Well, um, yeah. So that w- I would have really liked to have seen that. So I kept thinking about that. Um, during the show as well, or Ugh. I could have taken, I could have taken, um, the skivvies doing this. Yeah, um, with, right. With Nick and Lauren. I think Lauren actually probably would have been the best, um, Casey of the three that, uh, that we either got or I mentioned. Yeah. Ace and Diana were supposed to do the national tour, or at least still supposed to. I can't remember. They're supposed to do the national tour of this, right? No, I didn't know that. I've never heard that before. I think they, I think it was announced pre pandemic and, or oh, really? like in like 2019 and it was supposed to happen last year and it didn't end up happening obvious for obvious reasons so i don't know if that's still happening but 
well, <laughs> they've they've <laughs> they've got this test run. Yeah, well, it didn't get a national tour after it closed on Broadway yeah, in 2013. So that's, that's uh, also true. Uh, or 2014, it opened in 2013. It closed after it was uh, the holidays. Like five months long. Yeah. Yeah, it started in um um started in July and ran through January. I mean, okay. for a show this small, like that's you know. It's not, it's not a it's Broadway. Sh- it's not a Broadway show. No, I, I was thinking about that too. Like, I wonder if it would have played at New World Stages or somewhere off Broadway. Like, Maybe. if it could have run for a good long while. It's it's a, it's an interesting thought. <laughs> it's an interesting thought experiment. I was like, I was even thinking that watching it, I was like, I cannot believe this was put on a Broadway stage. Not because of anything quality wise about it, but because of the way that the show is it structured. Screams off Broadway. It absolutely screams off Broadway. Yeah, I it, that. It was a that's a weird choice to have brought it to Broadway in the first place. Yeah, well, whatever. It got, it got Zachary <laughs> all, Le- all across the board. Yeah, Zachary Levi. It got Zachary Levi career. on Broadway, um, and I, I believe he got a Tony nomination for it too. Uh, maybe not. Me, Did he? I really don't. I know. feel like. I mean, I know he got one for She Loves Me. Yeah, um, of course. I wanted to say that was his second. Hold on, I'm scrolling. No, he did not. He got he 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 was a Theater World Award honoree for oh, first same day. Thing. Same, same thing. thing. Peter Felicia hosts one of them. I don't know who hosted the 2016 Tonys. Did Peter but Felicia hosts the Tonys. Oh my god. No, he might have. I don't remember. It's so long ago. <laughs> it was forever. Yeah. Anyway, you know, I yeah, I enjoy first date. I enjoy. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, um, it is available to stream if there's anything in this conversation that you could pull out as being good, which I think there was some good in it. Like, I think there, there was some really interesting you stuff. Know, and it's an hour and 45 minutes. It's 20 bucks. I think that's definitely that's worth fair. it if you need a theater that's fix. Fair. You know, I do want to say, I do – this is a show I think could actually improve. Like, I think there's something there. The problem with the show and what is so weird to me is that it's only a decade old and it feels so dated in certain really places. Does. Like, you have, like, the email call or Facebook bail- jokes and bailout. You have, like, just the general judginess of, like, individual viewpoints that feels really dated. Yes. We have, like, rejection and friend zone apologies and, like, discussions of tact about it and everything. And it's just, like... I, I the the quote from my notes that I shared on social media is I don't think I'm straight enough for this show. Like it felt very like heteronormativity the musical, but, but like heteronormative in the arts. Yeah, yeah, and that's oh that feels like sixty years ago the way that some of yeah. this is framed and the way that some of it's written and it just feels incredibly written by men. It's uh, yes, three of them all white. <sighs> um, I will just say, I think there are two things that could help this show in the for- moving mm, forward. Yeah. The first, and how I saw it, um, it needs to be done Tony and Tina's wedding style. It needs to be done immersively mm. with people at tables, with actual like serving going on before and after the show. I don't remember that if there's a- That would be interesting. Yeah, that's how I saw it. Um, and I feel like there's actually an intermission during the- um, during the show there is an intermission or at least when i saw it oh, and so you can have does, drinks in between it does not need an intermission well but if you are at a place that is serving drinks and food i think it actually helps the other one though is i think 
Um, it just needs a, a, a script doctor. I mean, it needs somebody yeah, who understands musical theater comedy and understands modern musical theater comedy and probably a woman to go in there definitely and clean it up and write it for the oh times and then go out and license it because I think this is something that can be really good, um, licensing. Like I said, I've seen it regionally, but it needs, it needs tweaked. It needs and work. It needs the right setting. It needs work. Uh, it needs a lot of work and it needs, like you said, it needs someone who can fix the book, fix the score for that matter fix the book mm-hmm. and the bring, book more so but yeah definitely the book and bring it i mean <laughs> the fact that it's only a decade old and it's like this could have been written in the 90s like some of it just feels really off for only being nine ten years old yeah 100 percent agree all right if you do want to see it we will have the link to the stellartickets.com website where you can purchase them in the show notes and on broadwayradio.com all right, everybody. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you dropping hot goss about shows that you're watching uh, on social media? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. No, this is Ashley. All right, everybody. Don't forget, we are going to have great stuff on Patreon this weekend. Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. stuff coming. Jan's dropped in a show. We're dropping our roundtable review of Schmigadoon with us and Grace. So get over there, subscribe, and we will have a lot more Patreon-only content coming to you in the weeks and months to come. All right, everybody, have a wonderful weekend, and we'll be back to talk to you on Monday. <laughs>